Hello, 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 hello. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on what time of the day you're listening to this. And welcome back to another episode of my podcast, That Lit Nerd. Now, for those of you who are new on this podcast, we pick one short story every week. I read it, I break it down, and then I come here to talk to you and give you my two bits about various aspects of the given short story. Now, this week, everybody, we have uh, something that could be called uh, the beginning to a masterpiece. uh this week i came across uh, a really classic short story i'm very sure um, fans of sherlock holmes must have read it if you haven't you might know what this story is about uh anyway the story is called a scandal in bohemia and it is uh, by sir arthur conan doyle obviously who um this was one of the introductory works about sherlock holmes matter of fact um a scandal in bohemia is the third ever story to have mentioned sherlock holmes uh, so without further ado let's just get into the story and all right so for those of you who have absolutely no idea uh, about this short story Let me just give you an overall summary of what this story is. All right, this story is about Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, obviously. But a special point in the story is that this is the very first mention of uh, the very famous character in Sherlock Holmes novels and stories, uh, Miss Irene Adler, uh, Sherlock Holmes' so-called love interest, apparent love interest. Now, Irene Adler. uh was never mentioned in the two stories before this so this is a very first appearance and i dare say she enters with a bang in the very first story so uh, let's just uh, start the summary the story tells you about um the initial years of sherlock holmes and john watson has already uh, gotten married and is not living at 221b baker street anymore he has moved out with mary his wife and is now stopped um, pursuing criminal cases with uh, sherlock holmes he is now uh, a civil practitioner he's a doctor but um, he does miss sherlock holmes and he is the narrator of the story like most sherlock holmes stories he is the narrator of the story and the story begins with sherlock uh, with watson i'm sorry with watson talking about uh, how both of their lives have changed since he got married and moved out he now has a more stable more civil life but occasionally he does miss the thrill and the adventure that he used to have with his friend sherlock holmes he does hear about he doesn't meet sherlock a lot but he keeps hearing about him uh, from people and in the paper when he solves cases So one evening he's just walking by he's walking home from one of his one of the patient calls that he attended and uh, the way to his house goes through Baker Street while he's walking uh, down Baker Street he glances uh, to the to the house where Sherlock and him used to live and sure enough uh, Sherlock Holmes is home and the top floor light is on and Watson just wants to you know go in and have a chat and he does he goes in they talk suddenly uh, they realize that uh, there is a visitor for sherlock holmes who is supposed to be connected to uh, a royal family from bohemia sherlock holmes asks watson to stay back and watson stays back 
now this mysterious uh, person who is who has come to meet sherlock ha- has been wearing a mask so they can't reveal the identity of who he is and he uh, introduces himself as count von kram but uh, sherlock holmes does not buy it but he just lets it be he's like okay tell me what it is now the person who the messenger he says he has connections to the royal family of bohemia and it is a matter of utmost importance so much so that it could alter european history uh, to the reader it sounds like this is an extremely huge uh, it, it this is a matter of huge magnitude and obviously sherlock watson and everybody else concerned must take it seriously but sherlock holmes is not concerned at all he's just waiting for the messenger to get to the point because the messenger keeps roaming round and round he just keeps beating around the bush and does not get to the point of what the matter of urgency actually is finally he gets annoyed and tears off the mask from his face and is introduced as the king of bohemia he is the actual king who has come here under a guise to meet sherlock holmes for a matter he conser- considers to be of uh international importance later we find out that uh the matter concerning mm, the matter shadowing over his head so much is actually that he had an affair 4 or 5 years back with someone named miss irene adler he wrote letters to her etc and now he is getting married and miss irene adler is threatening to release the pictures and the letter uh, to the public and he is extremely worried that if that happens his not only will his marriage be uh, his wedding be called off it will heavily impact his image and the image of his country in international eyes so he wants sherlock holmes to retrieve the letter and the picture at any cost Now Sherlock Holmes tries to calm him down saying that you can just say it was forgery the letter was forgery and the pictures were stolen or morphed but when he finds out that um the both of them were there in the picture then he also uh, he starts taking the matter uh, seriously as well because this is indeed a matter of at least national importance to bohemia he say he asks a couple of questions he inquires about his fee and uh, the king says you have um, you ha- you i give you all authority do as you please just get me that picture sherlock holmes says okay asks for some money on hand takes the money 1000 pounds i think he takes 1000 pounds and the king leaves he asks watson to meet him the next day at 3 pm at the baker street house cut to when they meet at uh, baker street at 3 pm uh, sherlock isn't there watson is sitting he's waiting for him to come to the uh, to the house he's sitting in the parlor and sure enough 5 10 minutes later uh, someone uh, very haggard and uh, pitiful looking very pitiful walks into the room now at first glance you can't make out who it is but with watson's trained eye and he knows that sherlock does get up to a lot of different uh, appearances and looks now and then he recognizes sherlock and he nods to him sherlock goes inside the room and comes out 5 minutes later and they start talking about where he had been now turns out sherlock had been spying 
on Irene Adler. He took the address from the king and he was spying on her house, the lodge where she stayed. Turns out in the afternoon, uh, there has been a certain Mr. Norton uh, coming and going uh, very, very frequently, almost on a daily basis, sometimes more than once a day. And uh, on this very day, they did meet at um, 3 p.m. and they rushed off to uh, a chapel, a church. And uh, obviously, Sherlock, at first, Sherlock thought of not, um, you know, not going after them and instead searching the house for the picture. But both of them rushed off in such a hurry that he was interested. And he takes a cab and he rushes after them. Turns out both of them are getting married in the chapel at that moment. And they needed a witness because um, the clergyman wouldn't uh, validate the marriage without a witness. Uh, turns out the only other person in the church other than the couple and the clergyman is Sherlock in disguise. They ask him to be the witness to their marriage and he has no choice but to agree. He agrees and they get married and they leave. Both of them go their separate ways. Now Sherlock is extremely interested in this matter that when uh, the picture is now a double-edged sword, it could if, if it can affect the king and his wife, it can also affect Irene and her new husband. He is now perplexed on why Irene would still want to, you know, uh, use the picture to blackmail the king. He then uh, asks Watson to accompany him at 5 o'clock to Brion Lodge again and gives him a specific set of instructions on what to do. He asks him to not engage no matter what happens in front of the house. Somehow, Sherlock will try and get inside the house. A few minutes later, one of the windows of the house will open. Watson needs to stand near that window and the window will be such that Watson will be able to see Sherlock. Once Sherlock raises his hand, that is the signal, Watson will have to throw a package inside the house and scream fire. The package will be given to him by Sherlock. Watson just has to throw the package inside the house and scream fire and run. That is all he has to do. And then he has to wait at a certain uh, rendezvous point given by Sherlock. Watson says, fair enough, I'll do it. And they start. Now, once uh, they are at the at the lodge where Irene stays, uh, a scuffle breaks out, a fight breaks out between people. Sherlock gets into the middle of it. He, uh, mm, he mimics being hurt and Irene... Being the gentle, like uh, the good, kind lady, she asks people to get him inside the house so that he can be treated. Once he's inside the house, the window opens. Watson is at the window. He can see Sherlock. Sherlock raises his hand. Watson throws the packet inside the house and smoke comes billowing out of the windows of the house. Watson screams fire. Everybody around him screams fire and there's a stampede. Watson runs to the rendezvous point and waits. Sure enough, in a couple of minutes, Sherlock Holmes is at the rendezvous point as well. Both of them start walking off and Sherlock explains the plan, what he did, to find out where the picture was. Now, once the fire alarm was raised, he said it is general tendency for women, whenever they are faced by such extreme circumstances or an emergency, to grab the things they value the most. A married woman or a woman with a baby would of course rush and grab her baby. An unmarried young girl might rush and grab her jewel box. 
in this case in the case of Irene Adler nothing was of more importance to Irene than the picture that um that she had and of course she ran uh, she had a secret compartment in the wall where she had stored the picture and sure enough sherlock saw where it was where it was stashed and he asked people to calm down and he easily made his way out of the house now he says i know where the picture is i wanted to grab it right then and there but the coachman was looking at me and i didn't want to spoil the entire mission so he just left he said we'll come back tomorrow and we'll retrieve the picture he started walking back to the house once they reached baker street sherlock was fumbling for the keys when a young uh, boy in a overcoat greeted sherlock good night mr sherlock holmes and left sherlock wasn't able to make out who that was but he just brushed it aside and they went into the house the next morning sherlock holmes dr watson and the king of bohemia uh get down at uh, brion lodge where irene adler is staying the housemaid is at the front door and she says yes miss adler has been expecting you the sherlock holmes sherlock holmes asks where is she and miss uh, the the housemaid says miss adler left with her husband uh, on the 5 am train and all of them are shocked beyond belief sherlock holmes is not used to being outsmarted by anybody else he rushes inside the house uh, the house is a mess papers ransacked all drawers open empty it's almost as if she did uh, she left overnight which she did now holmes rushes to the secret compartment that he saw the other day and he opens it now in there is a picture and a note the picture is not the picture that he wanted it is a picture of irene adler herself and a note addressed to sherlock holmes he opens the note and starts reading where irene says that i almost believed you till the time the fire alarm was put out and i didn't expect uh, i was warned about you months ago that if the king of bohemia is coming after you he is going to employ the best mind in the business and which would have to be you still i didn't um, i didn't recognize you in your clergyman makeup and afterwards uh, when you i asked john to keep an eye on you uh, after the fire alarm was called and i rushed upstairs by the time i came down i changed by the time i came down you had already left me and the coachman followed you all the way to your door where i wished you a good night and left she says uh, please ask the king to not worry about the picture it is extremely safe with me and i am not going to use it uh, to spoil his marriage i just want to keep it as an insurance policy so that when something bad is about to happen to me i can use it for leverage please ask him to not worry and i hope i'll see you soon irene adler the king is extremely happy because he trusts irene adler's word and he says um okay thank you so much for helping me out and uh, what ask me what reward do you want name it sherlock holmes looks at the <clears throat> picture of irene adler and he tells the king this is the uh, reward i want for my services the king is more than happy to ha- let him keep the picture and watson comments at the end this is the end of the story uh, per se of the plot but uh, there's a small comment in the end by watson where he says 
that uh, Sherlock never really thought very highly of women before all this happened. He used to take it all in stride. He used to make light of uh, their intelligence and their merry nature. But after uh, the scandal in Bohemia, he developed a newfound respect for women and especially for the one he called the woman, Irene Adler. Alright, now that you know what the story is about, uh, let's break it down on the points that, you know, I felt were really good or bad or what could have been better. Now, as you all know, the story has been written by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. So there's not a lot I can talk about here. That man is one of the greatest um, writers of all time. He has developed one of the greatest series of all time that holds um, a strong, loyal fan base to this very day. It has been adapted numerous times and every single adaptation has been met by, if not the greatest, but good uh, feedback, applause and respect. So, uh, Sherlock Holmes is obviously um, one of the most enigmatic characters that we I have ever come across. And these being the early works of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes is shown to be um, a part-time drug addict and a part-time um, private investigator. The Sherlock Holmes that we see in later stories or novels or even in the movies now, uh, is missing. This is a really uh, very plain character with um, not a lot of depth, but the same amount of intrigue that uh, you still have for the person. So yeah, that's not going anywhere. Other than that, uh, pertaining to the story, the first thing I saw was that it was set up very well, very, very well. It was easy to understand. There were not a lot of very heavy words used. And I absolutely understood what was going on in the very first five minutes of the story. Uh, Watson was talking about uh, how Sherlock Holmes was incapable of love and how the name Irene Adler changed his life in a way. And that is how the story begins. And then they dive into the King's uh, scene that we know. So the setup was extremely uh, interesting and you know you would you would want to read it further it was gripping you would definitely be interested in reading it further uh, and the next part is that uh, there's a really um, weird point I could say I, I really don't want to say bad but um, a weird point where Watson addresses Irene for the very first time as the late Irene Adler. So when you read the late Irene Adler, obviously the first thing that comes to your mind is that, okay, Irene Adler is dead. Halfway through the story, we realize that Irene Adler might not be dead because they haven't um, shown where she died or if she died. Irene Adler is not dead. But then if she is not dead, why write the late Irene Adler at the very beginning of your character's introduction? So yeah, that was a weird point. I'm very, very sure there's something I'm missing here or, you know, there might be more to it because I am just a newcomer here and these are the greats whose work I am apparently reviewing. But yeah, this is just my point of view on when I read the story, this was what I felt. So yeah, uh, writing the late in front of Irene Adler was something I didn't understand why you would do. Other than that, um, but yes, when I found out that she was presumably dead in the very first part, 
I thought it was a nice twist because I have read a number of Sherlock Holmes books and um dead Irene Adler is not something I come across a lot of times so yeah I was definitely interested that this was a post Irene Sherlock but it wasn't the case as we clearly know on the contrary this is the reveal of Irene Adler in the Sherlock Holmes universe now we know that the narrator is Watson which is established within let's say 3 to 4 paragraphs into the story and he very clearly uh, sums up what has happened so far he tells us that he has been married he is now a civil practitioner he's a doctor and he has stopped uh, assisting sherlock in his um, criminal investigative endeavors so yeah uh, it sets up the story pretty nicely you know what has happened so far you know the chemistry between sherlock and watson they don't talk a lot um, they talk very rarely but um yes watson does keep tabs on sherlock he knows what work he's been doing and of course as we know sherlock holmes must have been keeping tabs on watson as well so yes this was another point that i uh, really liked they set up the story really nicely they explained to us what the entire background was before jumping into the so called the bohemia part the introduction was extremely brilliant as expected of a knighted writer and um yeah the only con probably other than the late irene adler part the only con that i felt was that uh, in the bohemia part it took the writer forever to get to the point and i mean it it was probably intentional because the king of bohemia was also taking forever to get to the point of what this international crisis was but yes it did annoy me a little because he was just continuing on about how great of a magnitude this could have the impact it could have on european history but what is it they weren't getting to the point and yes it did not i i, I know being like um being a an avid reader for someone the very first requirement you need to have is patience but yes it did thin out my patience a little bit because it wasn't getting to the point yeah so yeah i think that is the only i mean who are we to you know uh, find flaws in such a brilliant writer's work but yes this was my perception as a reader that when i was um reading it i just felt like okay come on get on with it come to the story what is happening what is the secret they dragged it on for just a little bit more than required that's it one um extremely uh i don't know admirable or something uh, one extremely new thing i saw here <clears throat> was this uh, story really took a feminist turn towards the end so in the beginning you think of it as all right this is just another sherlock holmes story where you don't understand what he's doing in the beginning but by the end of the story it all makes sense the puzzle pieces all fall together and it makes sense but now you don't know how or why or what uh sherlock is doing because when he comes to the house in the morning irene has left so the idea that there is someone if not smarter than sherlock holmes as equally smart as sherlock is enough to you know outwit sherlock it it obviously piques your interest and especially sir arthur conan doyle wrote this story like in the colonial times almost in the colonial times where women were not treated like far from equal but they were not treated very nicely they were mostly companions to men 
they were seen as a companion they were seen as um you know they they were not taken as seriously as men were just to put it lightly in such a time sir arthur conan doyle wrote a story about a woman smarter than the smartest man people had known in the universe sherlock holmes is considered to be one of the smartest brains of lit in literature and there was a girl who was smarter than him so yes uh she was not cocky she was not um proud of the fact that she was like she was not uh, arrogant about it but yes she very sweetly told sherlock that i am smarter than you and do not mess with me so yeah that was a part i really really enjoyed about the show it was like take that it was a little revenge jab at and as we also know as uh, watson also mentioned sherlock was not a feminist he was not very welcoming to the idea that women can be equal to men possibly even better than men uh he's not very welcome to the idea he used to take everything in stride he didn't take women seriously but as we all know towards the end of this story this one incident changed his entire outlook on women and how he treated them in the future so yeah uh i think uh the these were a few points that i felt were necessary to you know um levitate the story uh is it the right word or enhance probably enhance the story a little more and the feminist touch makes it relevant even today that is what i absolutely love about the story it is relevant even today that even the smartest man in the world could be outsmarted by a simple woman so yeah do not take them lightly people okay everyone so that's it for this episode i hope you guys had fun you guys enjoyed you guys got to learn something new if you didn't know who this uh, like what this story was about now you know so uh, thank you so much for all the love and support you've been showing in the last two episodes we are only on the third episode and i promise to you guys i will be coming out with one episode every single week no matter what um yeah that's it if you have any other recommendations please do write to me uh, reach out to me on instagram at thatlitnerd follow me reach out to me on twitter at kostubkarya you can talk to me talk we can talk about books all day i don't mind you can just shoot a message and say hey did you read this book or this story this poem i don't mind we'll talk so yeah if you have any other recommendations suggestions feedback uh, do reach out to me and let me know uh, this is kostubkarya signing out till next time bye bye